welcome to another episode on the Educating All Learners Alliance podcast. As usual, my name is Gabrielle Oates, and for today, I am happy to be joined by Virginia Jacko, who is from the Miami Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Um, But she was a graduate of the Lighthouse's Vocational Rehabilitation Training Program when she was enrolled. And so, Miami Lighthouse, we are so glad to have you on the episode, the podcast today. Um, But we just wanted to share with everybody that... Miami Lighthouse is actually in their 90th year of operation, and in normal pre-COVID times, they serve 90,000 students, and they have various programs, both in the States and globally, but I'll go ahead and turn it over to Virginia to share a bit about that. So welcome, Virginia. Thank you so much. Yes, the 90,000 program participants ranges from blind babies to our school, to services to school-aged children, to pre-employment training for teenagers, to vocational rehabilitation for adults, to services for seniors affected by vision loss, and a statewide program of eye health with five mobile eye care units and a network of optometrists whereby any child that is low income needs a dilated eye exam, a medical referral, prescription glasses, and globally providing braille music distance learning to musicians throughout the world. So when we say 90,000, we also include the parents of these clients. Yeah, you're definitely serving them as well. And that's incredible, the amount of Uh, people globally that you're able to impact with the work. I know that uh, ELA is excited to have Miami Lighthouse as a partner, and so we've seen a lot of the resources that you shared the past year, um, whether that be helping young students learn Braille using muffin tins and tennis balls or anything that we've seen. It's just been incredible, so we're happy to have you on. I'm privileged. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Well, we know that this past year has obviously been um, very interesting and very impactful for many students, but we know that your organization has made a lot of impact regarding ADA compliance. So we know that you made uh, an ADA compliance meter. So could you share a bit about the report and what that included? So our ADA compliance meter is a scorecard that we've copyrighted which has the 10 most important parameters in making a website or a portal accessible to people with vision impairment or hearing impairment. So it is in compliance with the Worldwide Consortium on Accessibility. And I know that there was a lot lot of work work around around the most recent recent presidential presidential election. Could you share a little bit about 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 the work that you did related to that? that? It was a thrill on the day of inauguration that the New York Times had a featured article about the importance of the new administration on website accessibility. And that whitehouse.gov was accessible based upon the guidelines that we had provided 
the Biden team during their campaign. This goes back to when in Miami, the first debate, I as a totally blind person wanted to know about the candidates, what were their policies? Not a single candidate in that first debate had a website that was accessible. That was shocking. It was so shocking that I said, Virginia, you've got to get busy. (laughs) On our IT team, I have three totally blind experts with degrees either in information technology or computer science. And that is when we took our compliance meter and scored every candidate. And I was delighted that the first team to get back with us and work with us on a regular back and forth basis were the technology and digital design experts of the Biden team. So not only was his campaign website made accessible, but also that he used those guidelines, his team used those guidelines in designing the new White House website. That is incredible. And it's just amazing to think that the impact that you had and the initiative that you took to even create the meter, let alone to share it, and obviously the impact that it's now had on the White House website itself at whitehouse.gov. So that is great. Congratulations to your team on that hard work, I just have to say. Thank you. Let me give you just a couple of easy examples. It's not only about totally blind users, but so many seniors are affected by age-related eye disease. And a very simple widget installed whereby a senior could change the font size or change the color contrast, or that there be an accessibility statement with a phone number for a person to get in touch with. Those were three of the items of the 10 that are so important and that were installed on whitehouse.gov. So those are examples of what makes a website accessible. Yeah, no, those are great. I was actually going to ask if what are some of those biggest changes to the site that Miami Lighthouse um, sort of inspired. So that absolutely makes sense. And it just kind of shows people and organizations that it doesn't necessarily have to be this huge lift of effort to be able to actually reach people who want to know more information like you did. Let me give you some other examples of website accessibility. For example, now under COVID, many of us are doing our grocery shopping through the computer. So we provided our accessibility meter to some of the main grocery chains. I was quite surprised in comparison to my shock with the candidates in the debate in Miami the grocery store's websites were quite accessible. And that is so important not to shut out people, especially seniors with vision impairment. We did the same thing for pharmacies. In fact, regarding all retail shopping um, 
external to pharmacies and groceries, we have been consultants to, oh, 40 or 50 retail chains, helping them so that people during COVID can shop because that is where commerce has been very successful. People are shopping using their computer. So website accessibility, distance learning accessibility, portals to enable to get the vaccine. Shocking that people with a vision impairment are going to struggle because of these portals for getting a reservation for a vaccine. Most of them are not in compliance. When we talk about diversity and inclusion, society did not want to shut out people in wheelchairs from going into brick and mortar businesses. But now most business is not the barrier of those steps with a wheelchair. Furthermore, there are ramps, so those barriers are gone. The new barrier with business being done through the computer is the visually impaired, the blind, and especially seniors with low vision are being excluded from the access to information, from commerce, because people do not do the very simple things that need to be done for making the website accessible. And so I am proud of the more than 100 establishments that Miami Lighthouse has enabled the blind and visually impaired to conduct business with because those websites are accessible. Very well said. And we're thankful that there are those organizations out there that welcome the opportunity to develop and become more accessible so that way they you know it's mutually beneficial that way people have more opportunity of places to go to and information to share and then of course the organizations and companies benefit from the clients they're growing and so yeah that mutually beneficial act um, is great and we know that the digital world, the world of online, whether that be shopping or, you know, using the pharmacy, like you mentioned, that's only going to continue. So these efforts are just increasingly more important. Great. And so if people wanted to know more about, um, of course, where to find you and where to find more information about what Miami Lighthouse does, where can they go? www.miamilighthouse, all one word, Org. Thank you so much, Virginia, for coming on the episode today and sharing with our audience. This is incredible work, and we hope to continue spotlighting Miami Lighthouse. And so for listeners, more information, like Virginia said, go to miamilighthouse.org. And for more information on the Educating All Learners Alliance, you can go to educatingalllearners.org. You can subscribe on YouTube at Educating All Learners and also follow us on Twitter at educateall underscore org. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, this is the Educating All Learners Alliance podcast.